wanna go down to the deep end and get back what's gone round and you've been keeping down the aisles between the rows. Once again, Mayhem Podcast, your boys, Matt, Brian, and uh, we got a movie. We do have a movie. Because we're doing Segway September, That's the Segway right. to Spooky Season. That's right. Um, so, we love our themes. Hell yeah. It's either going to be a Themoween or a Hollow theme. I think it's theme-o- I thought theme-o-ween. we decided Themoween. Themoween is a better Or Hollow theme. Hollow, no, Hollow theme was mine. No, Ween. I feel like... You oh I think Themoween I think I did I, I, and you did Hollow Theme I think theme. I like Hollow Theme Hollow Theme because it sounds more like what it sounds we're doing. more like yeah cause, yes yeah. that's why I named yes yeah. that's why I chose the name yeah yeah that because it mine just sounds weird <laughs> but you're still pushing it clearly still trying so. I mean look you don't succeed without trying to push a bad idea forward well in this movie we have two mo- mo- ideas right that were pushed forward in uh to what could have been a bad idea speaking of two ideas that's matt on um, brian and we didn't do that i don't think so i don't know i got i got blindsided by you just sandbagging my view. <laughs> <laughs> I, I feel like i'm gonna at this point you're gonna pressure me into going no it's, and... it's not i'm not gonna put my theme win on anybody like that <laughs> <laughs> I, I hear it i hear it you do I, right I hear okay it. <laughs> <laughs> but also, like, because we do love wordplay and we do love, theme, like, actual theme months. And yeah. sometimes it's just, it's also easier for us because we don't, unlike the last couple of years where we kind of just go, oh, this movie's out. Let's go see it. Oh, this movie's whatever. It's kind of like, it's kind of fun. Where we, get, we did the, obviously, we did the Lord of the Rings month. Mm-hmm. We do Spooky Season. We did Scorsese, March and Scorsese, I think. Yeah, Marty March. Marty March. Yeah. We, you know, we have our, we have our bits. And this one is uh, just a lead into another bit. I think we did Adventure August or something. Yeah, Adventure yeah. August, which ran until last week. Last week, yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> we came up with it midway through August. Yeah, well, that's true. Yeah. But it, it's great, It's great though, because that was almost a segue into our segue. Right. Because The Mummy, fantastic uh, action-adventure that yeah. has some horror elements. Very true. Yeah. Even, actually, if you take The Mummy and the movie we're doing this week and kind of smash them together... In like a so I was gonna say if you yeah. take the mummy and the movie we did after the mummy smash those two together right you can get this movie. get this movie okay yeah, yeah. okay yeah you know, because uh, we are going back to Mexico back down old Mexico way that's right uh, for a Robert Rodriguez directed Quentin Tarantino written, written starring and, and kind produced. of and produced and yeah. and pretty much kind of directed to uh <laughs> it's a movie that he couldn't do at the time because he was too like well off in his career yes it was a weird it was a movie that was too weird for tarantino yeah so he got his friend who was less successful to take the brunt of the uh yeah to take the weird bullet for him right yeah right and uh and then we was from dusk till dawn from dusk till dawn starring george clooney uh quentin tarantino a, Harvey Keitel. Harvey Keitel, an aged, indeterminate Juliette Lewis, which I think she was like 25. We try not to sexualize yeah. um, and the movie, There's no point in sexualizing Juliette Lewis in this, no. because you already have Salma Hayek in it. And then Salma Hayek is in it for like her most iconic five minutes. Yeah. And all, I mean, had, she's gone on to have a great career. She is one of the most well-respected actresses in Hollywood, yeah. where like 
she when she was added to the uh, Eternals cast, mm. everyone's like, "Shit's getting real." Yeah. Salma Hayek's <laughs> yeah. in it. Her and Angelina kind of have yeah. that effect. It's like yeah. you know, you need the two heavyweights, Angelina yeah. Jolie and Salma Hayek. But then you realize all the humble beginnings of where Salma Hayek came from is from Robert Rodriguez. Yeah, you know, she was in uh, Desperado, and then she, I think she just did this kind of like, all right, I have a day afternoon free. Did she come back for the sequel for Once Upon a Time yes. in Mexico? She did. She right? did. Yeah. Yeah. And. uh and yeah, from the documentary we just watched about this movie, mm-hmm. uh, she was pretty much pushed to do this movie, yeah. or else she would not have a job. Right. And that is that in itself would is a very different Salma Hayek than, than the one we know now. Right. Who you know? I think she's a billionaire or something. She does she like whatever. Invests she, in shit. Yeah, she does whatever she wants to do. Yeah. You know, um, you have to beg her to do something. Right. Like uh, Girl Boss or whatever that one with Chris uh, Tiffany Haddish and. Was she in that? She was on something. She wasn't in that. Something with she was with someone with Tiffany Haddish. Oh, she was. Yeah, I think so. Oh, maybe. She I don't think it was any good. I mean, that I love Tiffany Haddish, but that's if she's in it, it's probably not that good, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but no. So this movie is it, very Robert Rodriguez in that it's you know a gritty, dusty, you know almost kind of sepia toned, uh, western inspired, you know. Uh, a lot of squibby. Just, yeah, it's know. yeah, like you said, it's dirty. Yeah, it's it looks low budget. Yeah, it it like relishes. I mean, it wasn't it. high budget. It was it was made for nineteen million dollars in like nineteen ninety six, which is like twenty billion dollars now. But it it kind of relishes in this schlocky kind of gritty tone where it's like, okay, this is definitely like a B movie. Like this is a like when him and Tarantino teamed up again for like Grindhouse. It's like mm-hmm. okay, a lot of blood, a lot of boobs. We get it, but in this time, ninety six, you were four. I was <laughs> eleven. So, like at the time, it was, it was pretty safe, like how it is now, where like movies aren't this gory. Yeah. With without like any like I think like, Showgirls was like oh it's rated X, my word, yeah, and yeah. like it was the dumbest thing. Ever. I know. It's very overhyped. <laughs> yeah. It's very overhyped. It's like this is like a PG thirteen now. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. But like. Back then, you know, I mean, this, well, I don't, I remember this being, have, not having a lot of marketing mm-hmm. to it, but it was like, oh, cool kids know about From Dust Till Dawn. Oh, it was that kind of movie. Yeah. Okay. See, when I, I think by the time I saw it, which was not in 96 when I was four. Right. I was telling you before, I, I was probably still too young when I saw it, because I think I saw it when I was like six or seven. Right. You know, um, two or three years later. And uh, at that point, I, I think it was already like, pretty popular yeah i think most people are like I, had come around to it i think that. it had a cult following more to it i would say so because how much money did you say this made it made 25 million dollars overall and it in Girl. movie budget with movies so your budget yes 19 million dollars but then they spend the same amount on advertisement Market. yeah so you really want to double your budget so this would have been like 38 million would have been a would have been even yeah so they came in a little under heat. Right. So this is overall... <laughs> overall kind of a bust. Bust, yeah. Um, Especially with, with something people... with Tarantino attached to it. I know. Yeah. But, and George Clooney, too. Oh, Clooney-Tang, yeah. Clooney-Tang. Um, but most people, if you ask, if they're into movies, at this point, they'll know from Dust Till Dawn. Yeah, and it's not like a horror classic. It's not an action classic. Hmm. It's kind of like that weird, like that Venn diagram yeah. of like weird action horror comedy it's kind of somewhere in those circles maybe right? it's a segue 
in between. It's a segue. Two. It you is. You know what I mean? I, guys, I can't wait for you to see this artwork I did. <laughs> <laughs> so it's the perfect movie for our month because yep. it literally starts off as kind of a, a crime action movie thriller. Mm-hmm. And then halfway through just transitions into a spook, a, a spooky action a show yeah, movie. A, you know? Yeah, it, it, it starts off, you think it's just basically two guys running from the law. Yeah. And it, that's how, it doesn't present itself, it doesn't even, like, doesn't leave hint any to no. uh, any, like, supernatural ideas. The only um, unnatural thing out there is that people are willing to talk to Quentin Tarantino with yeah. their shoes off. Yeah. Uh, but that's it. Yeah, and they they put so much into this first. It's how how long is the movie? Like? The movie's about like a, I think it's like an hour forty five. Right. Maybe, yeah, almost two hours. Yeah, and they and they put so much into the first hour of this movie that there is enough for that. If that was to just just proceed to its logical conclusion, right? Like that would be enough for a full like movie. Yeah, that'd be like a hot, sexy, cool yeah. crime heist murder a, mystery. A lot of people say they like the first half better than the second. Yeah, hour forty eight minutes. Yeah, yeah, just about two hours. Yeah, yeah. oh yeah, because yeah, it's 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 a movie of two halves where like you could turn it off and be like, oh, that was a pretty good movie, right. and then like you turn it, like you finish the movie like, ah, what? <laughs> right, yeah, it's a completely same different. movie. For me, I, I I because I was a kid, I wasn't really paying attention for the first half. It was a little slow for your boy, and then you know, the, and then when Salma Hayek sucks it on screen, vampires, yeah. And that for me, that's when the movie starts. Did Papa Taylor get the get the family around on this one? I, I don't go think down to the local mom and pop. I, I, from where I remember, I, I think I remember like it came on. I think he was watching it, and I just like kind of happened across it. Right. And my dad had to kind of make the call where it's like, uh, well, there's something sexual, and I don't want my kids to see that. Some hype was pouring whiskey down her legs. Like, how much more can this go on? For? I feel like my dad wouldn't mind that. Oh no! And, no, it's the boobs. It's the bo- okay. It's the boobs. That's where my dad doesn't mind. Nudity is where my dad draws the line. Draws the line. Okay, yeah. which is odd because I think that's also where the censorship, like the, the the ratings people go to. It's like guns, violence, murder, whatever. Right. Keep it under a certain amount, whatever. But be careful with them boobies. That's the thing. Because so you can't show them yeah. boobies. No, because they're, which I, is wrong. They show just, boobies. Yeah. Free the nipple. I'm a feminist. We're allies. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I sound like such a dirtbag with opening with the hollow, the themaween thing, but like and, and now ending up here. And now ending up here, but I, I do <laughs> no, I do see the like the unfairness of it, where it's just 100%. like you don't censor a man for taking this top off. And that's true. It's you know, yeah. I'm not saying it's the same thing, but like, kinda. <laughs> uh, there are many people who would agree. Right. Yeah. Uh, but um throw a wrench into this hole yeah right they just talk about anatomy ladies and gentlemen yeah you know they serve the similar functions yeah um i yeah i mean obviously it's a censoring system the censoring system is broken yeah but for some reason my dad adhered to it Mm. pretty strictly all of our parents did yeah so it was like something between where it's like i want to show him this because it's guns and people dying. Right. And Clooney's blood. acting real cool. Yeah, yeah. It's cool people killing people. Right. You know, but there's a boob or two. <laughs> well, ah. there was more than a boob or two in that. that yeah, that was in the plenty. Twister, yeah. In, the twi- in the titty twister? Right, yeah, you walk plenty. in, it's like. Right. So I think my dad was just like, ah, let's just hope he's too young to understand. Okay, and, and that's play. fair. Yeah. That's fair. For, for me and my brother. My sister was uh, like one. <laughs> I was going to say, was she even born? Right, I don't even know if she was like. 
so she was in the question. But it was definitely a movie that I don't remember my mo- my mom watching with us. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah, she doesn't seem like the kind to... No, she'd like it now. She'd like... Oh, because of... I think, you know, the well, thing she is... loves Clooney. She loves... Yeah, but it also depends she on... Lo- she also loves people killing people. Right. Yeah. She, I mean, she's a stone cold killer. Yeah. But I think it, the thing is, it might be too campy. Like, it's a very campy Could movie. Could be. Because um, when, you, yeah, when you're older and you boil it down to get past that whole idea of, like, guns, boobs. Yeah. And you're like, this is dumb. Oh, yeah. This is fucking stupid. Like, the whole idea is, like, there's a... You know, especially when you start meeting the patrons of the Titty Twister. <laughs> yeah. It's like Sex Machine and the guy from Nam and yeah. stuff. Like, all right. <laughs> I think there's a, uh, there's like a level of maturity you have to go through where there you start off like loving this movie at, mm-hmm. at face value, you know, and then it becomes like it's too dumb of a movie for you. You hate it. Right. And then you kind of come around again and you're just like, you know, oh yeah, it's, yeah. it's, it's it hasn't gotten any better. But and now you can, like, look past those things and it's or, like, or appreciate them for what they it's are. It's old school philosophy. Mm. The, with the movie Old School, where you first, oh, when yeah. you first watch it, you're like, this is fucking funny. Mm-hmm. And then you get older and you're like, oh my god. Can't believe I laughed at Can't that. Can't believe I laughed at this. Yeah. Oh, she's in high school. Oh. Mm. Uh, and now it's like, oh, it's so dumb, but it's funny. Right, yeah. He's, he's doing the thing. He's my boy, Blue, you know? <laughs> so, uh, yeah, and, and I think that's where I'm at here because watching it this time uh, a lot of fun yeah I think I enjoyed it also yeah now it's it, 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 you're, you're right I think there are stages that we do go through as movie watchers where our cool facade drops and mm. like dumb movies could be enjoyable I know you've gone through that process a lot with this with this show, <laughs> where, where you started to where you are now. It's like two totally like different things. Yeah, very very different movie watcher now for but, sure. But yeah, I think there's a there's a thing because you want to be like yeah, I only want to watch these like high like high octane action movies. You know, I like I like the, the movies gun, that are good. Movies that are, but then you like when you start like kind of breaking it down to what they are. It's like I even I think I said when we did Die Hard. It's like. My my mom said Die Hard is a cute movie. And I was like, How dare you? It's 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 Die Hard, and yeah, it was like, badass. Yeah. But then as I got older, it was like, I get it. Now. Yeah, it's pretty. It's like he's funny. There's some weird shit going on. It's trying pre- to save his girl. Right. Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Like it's it it is cute. Yeah. Quote unquote cute. For sure. For sure. <laughs> uh, but because I don't think she meant it in a cute as a like, oh look, they're look trying at, to do a, an action. Yeah. Look movie. at them. Look at these puppies. Cute. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think it's really like, oh, it's wholesome. Yeah. Right. You know. Uh, and Die Hard is. It's a perfect Christmas movie. <laughs> Die Hard's for the kids. Yeah, Die Hard's for the kids. Uh, yeah, so, let's see. Well, how, how should we go about, like, breaking this movie down? Should we break it down well, half we're gonna by be, half? We're going to be doing spoilers. Uh-huh. And I do think we should do half by half. Okay. I do think, because it is technically two movies combined into one. It's a Quentin Tarantino movie with a Robert Rodriguez finish. Yeah, that's true. Because that intro... They tag-teamed the, the, the movie. Yeah, because that intro where they... It's pretty cool where they're at this gas station in, in like, nowhere, Texas, with one road in, one road out. Mm-hmm. And you could kind of feel the heat of, like, it's there's no trees, there's, like, no life except for this one, one thing. And we get the most mumbly performances. I had the, Jesus. I had the, how high did I have the volume on the TV? Oh, yeah, like 60. I thought the sound, I just thought the mixing on that was just so hard to get through. The the sheriff is played by Michael Parks, who's been in a bunch of Tarantino stuff, and I think he's been in, in a couple of Kevin Smith movies. He plays like this, this sheriff, he was in, oh, he was in Kill Bill, 
as a sheriff. Yeah. As the sheriff who finds the uh, the bride. Oh, gotcha. But he, like, literally talks through his teeth the whole time, where he's like, yeah, you know, I'm getting old, and they're gonna drive through. It's like, okay, enunciate a Yeah. <laughs> like, we're trying to hear you. Jeez. I mean, but then when you listen and you hear what he's saying. Right. It's like, oh, he's he's the worst. Yeah, he sucks. <laughs> it's like, they start talking about some, like, a guy who works at a diner and a little, little blue language. Yeah. A blue language. Blue. Yeah. A little blue. But, yeah. you know, it was the time. Right. Where these words were not, I don't want to say policed, hmm. but they weren't as uh, curated as sensitively as they are now. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying that's a bad thing. I'm not out here saying like, well, you know, got to throw the R word back into some movies because how would we know? <laughs> right, right. But it's it's like, it's it's a little bit better now. Yeah. When you don't say... Because you could, you could get a lot by saying some like... Yeah. I will say the one thing about it is that it's a very good indicator that we're watching a Tarantino movie. Right. Right? Yeah. When it starts with like an old guy just ragging down every single race mm-hmm. and, and creed and color. Um, and then it's like, all right, well, I guess this is a, a Tarantino movie. Yep, this is... And... Uh, How close are we to Hollywood at this point? Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> and... Uh, and it's cool because as soon as the the cop goes to the bathroom, then boom, sudden reveal. This is a, this is a heist, baby. Yep. Yeah. It's yeah. It's a different dynamic. There's different ca- uh, camera angles. A little bit more. Like it's this faster pace editing between like Clooney, Gun, guest attendant. Yeah. Tarantino. Hostage. Clooney, Clooney. Hostage. Yeah. Gun. Ho- Clooney. Gun. Hostage. And then, then it like cuts to. Uh, then they somehow hear. The cop, I guess, buckling his pants. Yeah. It's like, well, I guess we go back. Yeah, I guess so. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, and, and it's, it, that's a great point, actually, because they, it was maybe, like, one shot of the guy, of them just zooming into his face, no music, mm-hmm. and it, of him just going off on, you know, what on all the, the shit he was talking, right? Yeah. And uh, it's, such, it's such a slow zoom, and it's very deliberate, and it, it kind of builds tension a bit. Yeah. Yeah, you know, and you you're not sure what's coming. Yeah, because the tighter the close up gets, the yeah. tighter the tension feels. Like yeah. it feels almost, it feels like it's a tie around your neck where it's just like, ooh shit. Yeah, and, and it makes you kind of like, like, makes me feel like there's got to be something outside the frame, right? That I'm that I'm not seeing. Yeah, you know? uh, like Tarantino just, just with a gun. Just please zoom out, and it was literally Tarantino <laughs> with the gun, right? And it with was the sign that says "Show me your feet." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and then they come out, and yeah, with the frantic editing. Clooney just given an intense performance. Mm-hmm. You know, it, you really like shift gears in a in a cool way, and, and in a way that really just immediately puts you on edge. Yeah, you know, the like Clooney gave like a duck on water performance where I think the like the old saying is like you look you look like you're a duck on water where mm-hmm. above the water you look calm and look smooth, but right. underwater your little legs are just freaking yeah, the fuck out. Yeah, and that's basically what it, he was this kind of suave. Like murder, like suave psychopath, yeah. where you could see like he's he's breaking, like he's little, like tiny little things are just getting him to be like, okay, well, I'll just elbow you in the face now. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, like the, he's, I mean, he lived. He's this is a character that lived his whole life, uh, a life of crime. Yes, right. And you know, he was in jail. And he got busted out by his psychotic uh, sex, sex offender brother. brother, right? And. Um, and it's interesting because you don't usually see uh, a, any kind of rapist character uh, painted as anything other than an absolute villain. Um, but in this one, he's the sidekick. 
Yeah. Yeah. I think the thing is, it's supposed to be like a slow reveal to how depraved Richie is. Yeah. Like they they they've taken a bank teller hostage who looks like the most um, teddy bear looking like human yeah. being, and they have her in the room, and he's like, "Oh, they said, oh, just a sex offender." You don't know how what deep he, that yeah, goes, right? But like the like the like the the vagueness of it kind of opens up the your, the idea in your head where this lady is not safe with him alone, right? To what extent we don't know yet. Seth has to George Clooney plays Seth, Quentin Tarantino plays Richie, so Seth leaves for like an hour or twenty minutes, whatever, and then he comes back into this a very obvious edited scene. It's obviously every scene's edited, but I mean like it's like specifically yeah, talk, talk edited. Talk about that editing. So it's. Scene. It's cut in a way where you don't see what happened. You only see key shots of, like, blood on the sheet, blood on the wall, blood Maybe on a pillow. A third of a second at a time. And it, you see a hand. You, you just, it's like, it's so, it's fast enough that your eye picks it up. Mm-hmm. And then you just hear Rich in the background. like, ah, oh, yeah, she was just a different person when you left. You know, right. she got crazy. And, like, he's, he's the victim. Right. Yeah. And then it kind of, like, puts in perspective... The previous scene in the in that gas station because right. when we're watching that, like I, I literally said to you, I was like, "Wait, did he actually?" We say re- it? we had to rewind it. Yeah. yeah, and the camera didn't even show you what he said. Nope. So if you're watching that for the first time, you might want to give him the benefit of the doubt, right? Because you, know? you don't know. Because you don't know, and you know this guy's scared. Mm-hmm. You know, you know that that there, you know that that often happens. You don't know yep. if uh, he did, but then when he just politely invites the teddy bear woman. To, to sit with him. Whose name is probably Gladys. To, Doreen. Yeah. One of the... Maybe um, Gladys Doreen. Maybe Gloria. Gloria. Yeah. To, to, like, sit with him. And then next time you come back and she's dead. And he's like... She was, she's, she, she was out of control. Not like, only dead, but, like, eviscerated. Yeah. Which Blood everywhere. Sounds, it's clothes not awful. where they should be. Head and it, covered. And it rattled Seth, who yeah. at this moment has been somewhat cool. Right, he had yeah. no problem setting a guy on fire twenty minutes. Ago. <laughs> right, yeah, <You> know? <laughs> which was pretty cool. It's like just shoot the bottles above his head. <laughs> yeah, that was really cool thinking. Yeah, and then he like tosses the like a little uh, uh, toilet Molotov. Yeah, uh, so it was pretty cool, man. Yeah, because you could see like in that opening scene, you could see there is a dynamic between the two, but one is definitely taking care of the other. Mm-hmm. And I think I even said to you, it's like it's of mice and men with vampires. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, and then Seth getting, I mean, Richie getting shot in the hand yep. uh, kind of furthers that point, which is in an interesting way, uh, because now, now you have Seth, like, trying to, you know, make sure that this guy's hand is okay, right. whereas Richie is, like, you know, rubbing it with tape, spitting on it, just, yeah. like, not, it seems like he's somebody who can't be left alone with himself. No. Much less with other people. Right, yeah. yeah. He, like, he would, like, he would be in a room to himself. Yeah. But... So, 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 yeah, so yeah. Richie brutally rapes and murders this woman, mm-hmm. completely unprovoked, and Seth comes back, and you see kind of, like, a peek under the surface of Seth, yeah. like you mentioned, like, the feet paddling. Yeah, the raw nerve of Seth kind of just, like, is now exposed. Where... Yeah, and he goes from, and he goes from like, you know, you know, just smooth and calm and cool, you know, to just, like, is this my fault? Because he's shoving him on the wall. It's like really good physical acting. uh, George Clooney, uh, Seth does this a lot in the movie where he will tell a person, "If you do what I say, you'll get out of this a lot." You have my word. You have my word. Yeah, and doesn't work. (laughs) 
Right, because he told that to Teddy Bear. Right. And so she she trusted him at that moment. She trusted him to the extent that Stockholm Syndrome could let you trust him. Or let the rest, or, you know. Because they, they both have the same goal of surviving. Mm, yeah. So she knows if she trusts him, she survives. He knows if he gets her to trust him, they both survive. Because mm-hmm. Seth is, a, he's, he's, he's the ultimate survivor. And he knows that Richie is his one weak point. And he, but like, it's not like subconsciously, like certain movies where they're like, oh, this, but this like in Shaun of the Dead mm-hmm. with, uh, Ed, the Ed is the, Ed is the anchor that's holding Shaun down. Like where he, like, if he is ever going to be taken down, it's mostly because of Ed's fault. Yeah. But, but Shaun doesn't know that. Shaun just like, he's my friend. He won't do that to me. I have faith in him. Yeah. yeah. But. But with Richie and Seth, Seth knows he's going to get me killed. I have to work, like, twice as hard and do things twice as hard. Like, like, I have to be twice as sadistic than before. Mm-hmm. So then kidnapping a whole family instead of just one guy has to be, like, I got to go balls to the wall now. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely seems like... Because Seth is not comfortable with no. what Richie does. You yeah. know, uh, he's not comfortable with the type of person he is. So it's sort of it's a lot of ex- added anxiety. So even when he's like when they when they the next scene they kidnap a family, mm-hmm. you know now it's uh, I am a professional. This is not what professionals do. Yeah, <laughs> and it's, and he's like you know he's threatening the family. He's going through the rules and mm-hmm. all that with the family. But at the same time, he has to say like you too, Richie. Right. You know where it's like he now he just feels like he's the dad of this whole situation. Yeah. You know, and he doesn't have a partner. He's got like almost another. Another hostage. Yeah, another hostage. Like another piece of baggage he has to take care yeah. of. Like it's it's kind of funny because then it also exposes what actually kind of happened in the gas station when they meet the family of Harvey Keitel, uh, Juliette Lewis, and the star. Uh, was, I forgot his name. Edwin, Eddie, Eddie Lou. Eddie Lou, yeah. uh, who uh, yeah, just doing stuff. Yeah, it's his first movie. Can't yeah. blame the kid. But it, Richie imagines Juliette Lewis saying. Hey, you wanna wanna get down? You wanna go down and be down to clown? He's yeah. like, okay, yeah, but she's like, I didn't say that. And right. Everyone I mean, else. It's, ob- it's obvious he didn't say that. Right. Exactly. But every, like, it's only to him that yeah. he hears it, so he probably imagined that guy saying it. Mm-hmm. So it's like now, oh yeah, he's he's even worse than before. Yeah. Yep. He's really off his rocker. Yep. So that's the thing. Whether or not the guy said it, he probably heard it. Yep. You know. And whether or not that uh, the teddy bear woman actually said or did anything, he perceived what he perceived. Yep. So it's not so much that he's a liar, it's that he's, like, he's mentally loose. sick. Yeah, he's a yeah. loose unit. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then you have this family, you know, and they spend they give, they give spend a lot of time um, not only building, like, sort of a, a, a tenuous relationship between Clooney, uh, between the, the two thieves and the family, right. but they really go into, like, um, Harvey Keitel's character... You know, yeah. lost his wife, lost his faith. Pretty much, Mel Gibson from Signs. The the best way, like the line that in the movie that best describes is like those acts of God's really break it, like yeah. stick it in and break it off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like yeah, this guy has his wife died. He lost his faith. He's, you know, his kids are trying to get him back while they are growing up, and they're like, well, we don't. Why are we even out here? Yeah. And he's like, I'm just trying to find myself again. Yeah, his it's kids are worried about him. Yeah. You know. Um, yeah, and it, and it's, and it's interesting and he sort of, 
he, he, he kind of like goes along with what Kloon, the Clune Tank's putting down. Right. <laughs> you know, sort of against his son's uh, uh, wishes because his son is kind of saying what we're thinking, which is like, just these are stone cold killers. Yeah, just like, drop, They're just not going to let us yeah. live. Yeah. You know, why the hell would they let us live? And so far, Richie's kind of ruined it to the fact where we don't really know if what if Clooney would follow up with that. Right. Because we've never got, he's never, he hasn't gotten the chance to sort of, to see if, we haven't gotten the chance to we, see what, what happened. If we does. don't know what Clooney's bite really is. Right. Because the only, the reason why they, it, I mean, Richie's the one who shot the, the sheriff first. Yeah. So then it was just reaction. Everything has been reaction. Exactly. But we don't know what, like, the actual, like, that tough talk, what's that backup? Yeah. If, like, if Clooney actually is a man of his word. Right. Yeah. Um, and even though, you know, the, the, even though his son was like, you know, tell the cops, one, from a, from a practical standpoint, you know, they, they're in the bathroom with a gun to his daughter. So obviously he can't, right. you know, but also it's kind of like he's sort of uh, going out on a limb. Uh, mm-hmm. And for a man with no faith, it's, it's a little bit of an interesting telling character point that he's uh, kind of, you know, kind of taken on faith. Yeah, I think. I th- yeah, I think that's the p- the point where you know, like his faith can come back. Yeah, like it's, if he's a man of no faith, then he would be like, "Fuck it, whatever." Right. Like, like I'm not getting out of here anyway. It's like no like, one's gonna get out of this uh, like alive. Yeah. Like, fuck it. But also that would been a very short movie. Yeah. <laughs> but it's either he's got faith in Clooney's word or faith in himself. Right. And maybe he could figure this out. Yeah, I think on. it's it's the faith that he could save. Right. Clooney and and. Uh, Oh, you think he was going? I think he was trying. Yeah, I think he's like, look, if Mm. they see that they could trust in people, I could be completely wrong on this, but like they need to see, because even like even when they do pass the border and they cross the border, that's where I think that starts. Yeah, and the tone that is in the movie is completely changed. Yeah, it is like kind of looser. The jokier. Clooney's mood is lifted. He's happy. Yeah, because he made it past the border. Right, but really. That his mo his mood shift, like you said, it's a great point. It sort of reflects the tonal shift of the movie. Yeah, wow. Yeah, because and after that, it's like anything can happen. Yeah, it's like now we're here, anything can happen. Let's go wild. Yeah, they're all buddy buddy. Yep. You know, um, yeah, yeah, that's cool. And then like even uh, like even Harvey Keitel, he starts you know maybe lipping up a little bit more. Yeah. Like uh, when they all want to take drinks. And, uh, oh, when he, when he's like, when Clooney's like kind of like drinking himself into a stupor because he wants to go hit that guy that put his hand on him. Right. And he hits him with the, are you so much of a loser you can't tell when you've won? Right. Yeah. It's like, that's something that you would not have said that in the first half of the movie. No, because, you know, the thing is now that Clooney has nothing on him now. Mm. Like, that's the thing. He has nothing on him. Right. He's like, oh, he could, the whole idea of like, oh, they could run away. It's like, if he could let him drink himself to being unconsciousness and ditch him. Yeah. But, like, the fact he's like, look, save your soul this way, you know, you won. What are you going to do? Like, you have a whole entire state that just loves killing criminals and the FBI who loves being dicks. <laughs> just, they, they are they are thrown for a loop. They can't get you. And you beat them. And here you let this guy and here you are, piss you off? Because some, some dummy put right. his hand on you. Yeah. Like, you're a fucking They're idiot. You're going to let that ruin the high? Right. You're yeah. just so stupid. Like... Right. But yeah, you're right. If he would have said that in the RV, it would have been like, oh, bang. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, so it's kind of a reflection that, you know, Clooney's character is loosened up a bit. Mm-hmm. Kaitel's character is loosened up a bit. And again, like like you said, 
He could have just tried to let him drink himself into a stupor, go get himself killed, and then they take the RV and they get out. Right. You know, they could have actually not, they could have actually made it so that they never even got into the bar because when Danny Trejo asked for the license, it's Kaitel that stepped up. Right, exactly. So there were a lot of ways where Kaitel could have just been like, look, that it is what it is. Like, you could have, you could have waited until they went to the bathroom. Yeah. You could have waited until they got blind drunk because they're drinking straight whiskey. Hard. Hard whiskey out of the bottle. They like four shots in like two minutes. Yeah. Which, I'll tell you from experience, gives you a little wally-legged. Yeah, I think that's, it's sort of like uh, how a lot of their weapons didn't run out of ammo for right. a long time. It's kind of, the it, movie kind of follows that line. He has a revolver, has 48 shots. Yeah, yeah. Although <laughs> you, I will say you had the bullets? Part, no. <laughs> well, it's funny because he, he sort of like was out of bullets whenever they needed to pick the tension up. Yeah. And then, so he always, he kind of always ran out at like bad times. <laughs> But then when they're just mowing down, he's got, like, tons and tons of bullets. And he has them all in his pocket and doesn't, like, jingle. Like, jing, jing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> this has them loose in his pocket. Or, like, Kate has got, like, this seven-shot, like, pump-action uh, crossbow. Yeah. And you never see her reload. You don't see her, like, potentially, like, anywhere where she could have other bolts. Yeah, to pick up the bolt, Pick right. up the fucking thing out of the guy's But head. she keeps shooting. Yep. <laughs> pumping. Yeah. Pumping and dumping. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, oh, God. Rolled very high. <laughs> yeah. on that attack roll yeah exactly uh but yeah and, and and so and then from the reverse like once Clooney got over the border he could have just killed the family if he wanted to right he could have yeah. been like oh get out of the RV yeah and just let them in let them in the desert right or kill them yeah but instead but something he brought them to the bar right brought them inside the bar why so, wait, so that's the whole premise of the movie because he goes like alright look once if you just like stay with us till the end of the night mm-hmm. right till the morning you're good to go why did he need them for the full night? That's the thing. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why. Because, like, if they're running away, they got to still run to... Once you get past the border, you don't need them anymore. Yeah. Like, they could drop you off at the titty, but even if they go back to the border, it's still... They'd have to get convinced them that they were with you were with them, and then they'd have to come and get you. Yeah. So that takes a little while. You could have killed them, too. Right. To, and that wouldn't have been a problem at all. Yeah. You know, and so you kill them, you take the RV to the, I don't get it. Unless his plan really was to stay with, to, to let them go. Right. You know? I think, I think he, he always is looking for, to let them go. Yeah. I don't think he ever wanted to kill anyone who didn't deserve it. But then he still could have let them go when he got to the titty twister. I th- mm. Yeah. Then him and, and him and Richie spend the night there, hop in the new car in the morning. Yeah. Could have. But then the movie would have been a lot shorter. Yeah, yeah. Um, and now that we are at this, the point of the the second half, like, and the first half of the movie is very tense. Yeah, it's and on its own, it could have it, the way it would have ended would probably have been in a gigantic shootout, Bonnie and Clyde style, mm-hmm. where it's just like overblown, like everyone's got an AK, everyone's just right. right. But the fact that they did get away, the fact that they now are in this. And now that they entered kind of like Robert Rodriguez's territory, mm-hmm. they crossed from California or Texas into Robert Rodriguez territory where it's just like, okay, now it's like, and now it's like kind of like Tarantino only had three more days left to film and yeah. Okay. Bye-bye. And then all the action shit took over for sure. And fucking, but there is still like, you see Tarantino on the set. When, oh yeah. Uh, I think he was filming. The I think he was always there. Yeah. I think he was always like producing and cause he wrote the script. So he was probably very like, but I think the action stuff 
is so not Tarantino's forte. Because yeah. like, if you think about it, Pulp Fiction's not an action movie. No. Reservoir Dogs is an action movie. Jackie Brown, not an action What's the most action-y Tarantino Glorious Bastards, maybe. Kinda. Django? Django, maybe. Yeah, yeah Django would be the most action-y one. Yeah. But, no, yeah, I think with Tarantino sort of has this, like, respect for guns. Yeah. Where it's like, if you get shot, you're dead. It's not a full... This is not an action scene. You get shot, you die. Yeah. Tarantino's action scene is the... Kill Bill. Two, well, oh, yeah, that's right, Kill Bill. But he was definitely, like, stealing someone's style at that point. Yeah, I mean, yeah. He like he like this was came out three years, three or four years before Kill Bill even came. No, Kill Bill came out in like two thousand four, right? Uh, Something yeah. like one that. one of them did. Yeah, I don't know if it was two thousand two or two thousand four, two thousand four, two thousand six. By the way, the uh, IMDb app is shit. <laughs> it always crashes. You have a better chance of just googling that. Probably. Yeah. But yeah, I I don't think Kill Bill Volume One came out in two thousand three, so it came out. Seven years after this? Yeah, about. Yeah. So, and also it's, he does different styles, but his most, his action scene is dialogue. Mm-hmm. That's his, or like two people sitting in a booth talking. Right. That's his, that's how he establishes power of the scene. So when they go into the more action part of this movie, where it's like Robert Rodriguez got rid of all like tripods and put a fucking camera on his shoulder no. and got dragged around. Yeah. And you could tell, like, there are certain camera angles. It's like, this is definitely just a dude in a camera. Mm -hmm. Like, this, like, it's like, this is what he's about to do. Like, this is his stuff. Like, Quentin kind of, I think, took a back seat to it. Mm -hmm. Because even in the documentary, it showed, like, he's like, it was more of certain aspects of dialogue that that's what he, like, jumped into. It's like, okay, well, if I do, like, certain, like, twitches, maybe that will, like, show that I, I... that this character received information differently than they would have. Right. But then it's like when it was, you saw the whole setup for the, it's on YouTube, right? The, uh, that making up we just watched. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. And then you see inside the club, nobody's like on his, sh- on Robert Rodriguez's shoulder telling him what to do. Right. He is on like, okay. Yeah. You see, they, they hook him in and they're like, all right, Rob, see you That's in a it. minute. Yeah. See you in a minute. <laughs> and you just see him just kind of get trapped. It's around. Yeah. On the, uh, they call it the Ouija dolly. The Ouija dolly, which is, I think is like, you ever have those like scooters and. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. It's like in gym class. Yeah. 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 Uh, but no, so, so that, so there you, you, yeah, you're in this raucous bar, right? Uh, or strip club, mm-hmm. you know, boobs everywhere, rocking like band, like bike, like and over, the, like ridiculous characters. Carnitas was the, as the I can see. Yeah, just a yeah. big old pig's head in a cage. Hot carnitas and chicas caliente. Yes. Yeah. Hot pork um, and hot, and hot girls. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then you know you have these like, it's funny because every character before was like pretty nuanced, mm. and then you have sex machine. Yeah. With a with a gun on his crotch, you know. <laughs> and a whip. And a whip. Yeah. yeah. And, and it the movie shifts in plot. It shifts in character. It mm. shifts in. Uh, uh, tone it, it shifts it's in. everything it becomes a 70 schlock horror movie yeah and it just it's so insane nothing's that... resolved from the first movie no you know it's not like they finished they came to that conclusion and then started this no it's it literally becomes a different movie so if you're going into this for the first time mm-hmm. and you don't know about this twist 
God help you. That's a titty twist. Yeah, they don't know about that titty twist. <laughs> they don't know about that titty twist. But yeah, it is a it is a shock because like if you show somebody the first half of a movie, let them sit for like three days, and then show them the second half of the movie, they will think it's two different movies. Yeah, they would think it's like oh, it's a sequel. Oh, you took those characters and you put them in. Yeah. Right. Um, it's hard to even call it a twist. It's more like just like a pivot. Right. You know, a twist I feel like happens. Um, or like a conclusion is swapped out for another. Sixth Sense. Yeah. Yeah, it's like, oh, they're ghosts the whole time. Like, all right. Right. Yeah. But like we knew ghosts were in the in, in the field of play. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. But in this one, it's just, it's kind of, it, and you know, in a way it's kind of cool because from the character's perspective, mm-hmm. like any twist is going to come at them the way the, the second half of this movie comes at them. George mm-hmm. Clooney and, and the gang. Right. You know? Like, they're not thinking, like, okay, I'm a criminal in a cool action, like, thriller. Right. You know? Like, the character's not thinking that. The character's thinking, I'm just at this bar. Right. And so when a fucking vampire shows up in any vampire movie, it's going to be, like, it's <laughs> going to be a big, a big twist <laughs> in their life. You know what I mean? Holy they were living shit. their whole lives <laughs> prior to that, you know, under the impression that there were no vampires. Right. I did and, not expect this. <laughs> right. So for a vampire to show up, you're going to be like, huh, my life just took a twist. They even said it. Like, George, they said, like, I don't believe in vampires, but I believe what I see, and yeah. there are some fucking vampires yeah, here. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I like that. I like, yeah. and, and, I, and it feels like the movie, like, sort of took that kind of uh, perspective to the way it depicted this twist. Yeah. Because... As a viewer, as an audience, maybe we might see, like in the beginning of Shaun of the Dead, right. we'll see, we'll hear the newscast, right. you know, we'll, we'll see piece somebody pick up a, ch- uh, a pigeon, right. you know, and we'll put together that something's going on. But Shaun never does, nope. you know, and so for him, this this twist may not seem foreshadowed the way we, it <laughs> is we for see, us, yeah. you know, and so for that, I, I kind of feel like that's, I appreciate that in a way. Yeah, we all, the only thing we get is... Um... Oh my god! Why did I forget the fucking uh, the gun? The gu- what's the fucking gun thing again? Where it showed, uh, we always kind of joke about it. Whether you show a gun in the first act, oh, checkoffs. Che- only thing we get is checkoffs. Cheech Marin. So <laughs> that's it. That's a long way to go for that joke. Damn. But, but like Cheech Marin pops up like every so often yeah. in this movie, and that's the only like thread is that once Cheech is in this movie. Once in the middle, once in the end. Yeah. Actually, he only shows up starting from the second half. Like, yeah, he only shows up when you're. Ent- well, the border patrol is pretty first half. Yeah, like it's when you're entering things. Yeah, so you're yeah. entering this. Okay, well you're gonna mm. enter. Yeah, and now you're gonna enter El Rey. He's the gatekeeper. He's the baby. gatekeeper. He's Robert Rodriguez's his gatekeeper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you think of the the effects, the the cost, like the makeup and everything like that? Like it was done by obviously Greg Nicotero. I think probably Tom Savini. Jumped in on it because he's the, the, one of the kings. Yeah, uh, and and those two like we've seen how far they've gone uh, in forward in making The Walking Dead. Yeah, but honestly, you could see that the the hands are the same. Yeah, you know what I mean. Making these effects, the you could have told me that these vampires were zombies, I would have believed you. I think you know? Greg Nicotero started up with like the Evil Dead's, mm-hmm. and then came to like this like a couple years later. Yeah, like, so like the evolution is just out of this world. It's great. Yeah. It's great. Um, and the practical effects are, are cool because uh, they're sort of like every vampire kind of has like a, like three stages where like they're human, they're sort of in between and then they're full vampire. Right. And I, I, they kind of just made the transitions to those with CGI, but once they're in a phase, yeah. it's 
it's uh, pretty locked in. Yeah, it's yeah. practical. Yeah, you know, and and you could definitely see the the combination of the two. Yeah, like you could definitely tell they're rubber suits, but like sure, they looked pretty cool. They looked pretty detailed, mm-hmm. and like for nineteen million dollars, you know, it's not a lot for a movie like a, a, an effects driven thing. So, like, I definitely a lot of the kills are like stabbed out on this camera for a couple of seconds. Sure, yeah. And then it's like, okay, we'll do a little. Bah. Right. Right. Yeah. The melting, I think, I was going to say the melting might have been the the worst as far as the effects go, but then you remember the one where the guy melted and his eyes went on a, into on a, a pool, pool table, table <laughs> and his eyes went into each corner pocket. Yeah. It's like, no, never mind. It was actually Yeah, really it was pretty good. funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it worked. It worked to its benefit. Yeah, um, actually can't be mad at and that. And Selma Hayek melted hot. She was Oof. so hot. Dude. Goddamn. So, I try not to do this at like all like with podcasts because we're allies because we're allies and yeah. you know we're you know strong female characters. Which, by the way, not really. Uh, no, Julia Lewis. I mean, she was she was the same as everyone else, just out there to survive. Out there to survive. Yeah. And there was no like romantic any entanglement with it. At the end, it was more. I'm glad they dodged it. Yeah, they because yeah. she looked like she was perpetually thirteen. Yeah. So, um, I mean, they definitely had. Uh, Tarantino creeping on her. Yeah, well, he was creeping on everybody. That's true. Yeah. Every female. Every female um, he creeped on. Selma. Uh, God damn. I mean, this this sort of made her career right here. Like It definitely did not hurt it. No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she went on to do, she's gone on to obviously do like uh, amazing things. Yeah. But like, the the snake. Oh. And she's afraid of snakes. You'll respect it. And she was able to move like that with the snake. <laughs> That's crazy. That's crazy. God damn. She said it ended up being good. Right. A good thing because it was so hot in the in the club, the snake was cold blooded and cooled her off. Yeah, good for her. Wow. Always looking at you know, God gives you lemons. Yeah. You know, After making lemonade. Speaking of God giving someone lemons, let's talk about Quentin Tarantino giving himself uh writer and producer of this movie, what Quentin about, Tarantino. What, this is the most self indulgent thing I've ever seen on film. He doesn't hide it, which I kinda respect it. It's it's weird when uh, I think it's weird when other characters do it. Mm. Like it's weird when, uh, in Once Upon a Time, when Brad Pitt's looking at that girl's feet the whole time on the on the window. It's yeah. weird when ha- uh, Hans Landa is like kind of caressing, mm-hmm. um, what whatever her name is his foot. Mm-hmm. And he's like trying to figure out if she's the spy. It's weird in uh, Kill Bill when like they're like creeping on her when she's in a coma. Mm-hmm. But it's like less weird when it's like. That's the face to it. He's actually doing it. <laughs> you know who's responsible. You know, for this. like this. So it's this is you. This yeah. is your. This is your thing. Yeah. And you can finally be like, yeah, okay. Yeah, I thought it was like, I thought it was really, really nice of Robert Rodriguez to be like, uh, just don't act. Right. Just, just be, just be you. Just read the script just as yourself. And, and and that's all Quentin had to do in the movie. He's like, do you? And want, he nailed it. Do you want me to put on an Australian accent? I could do that. Yeah, like you know, you have you have Clooney playing it really cool. How should I play? It's like. Just play it as Quinn. Just play it, yeah, Quinn. Turner. <laughs> yeah, just play it as yourself. There's nothing more uh, exposure of that than like that document that the making of video when they show Clooney and Quentin Tarantino walking down a hallway to I guess staying alive. But you could tell one guy has like internal rhythm and mm-hmm. cool guy swag. He's got yeah, he's got he's got a, some swagger to his step. And the other guy is just like one step left foot ah oh, fuck right yeah. foot left ah oh, goddamn it. It's so janky. Yeah. yeah, he just is not. His cool is perpetuated, not internalized. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> uh, uh, but yeah, so you have 
so Sama's Sama's scene, which you know, Icon- God that was contributed. That thank God that was put down to film. It, it's honestly the most iconic thing Robert Rodriguez will ever do. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's in count. That's counting Spy Kids and Chocolate Boy and Lava Girl. <laughs> like it's it's probably like it is I mean, the most pretty good. when you bring up in any like show like any show that talks about filmmaking or anything and they bring up robert rodriguez there's a clip of that yeah every time yeah and Selma Hayek still looks the same that's what's crazy she's the paul rudd of girls yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh yeah no she she that's yeah she's Selma Hayek yep. for sure but uh Let's talk about her shoving her, like, pouring pouring, uh, pouring whiskey, whiskey down, down her leg yeah. into like Tarantino's mouth. Pouring fucking shithouse well whiskey down. <laughs> yeah. Um, he obviously probably had a fantasy about that. And he's like, this is what I want to do. And he made it happen. And they're like, okay, well, we're going to cut your arms off then. Yeah. Deal. <laughs> On the one hand, it's like, like you said, you, you kind of respect it where, like, he had a dream and he made it happen. Right. But his dream is just so weird. Yeah. You know, it's just like. But, you know. That's his thing, man, and he's you know a he's a yeah. weirdo, and he's 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 been he's out in Front Street with it. Uh, he he never really. This kind of blends into a weirder topic because it's funny to like goof on him, yeah. But then it's like, did she have to do that? Right. Is this one of those dark because underbelly? She things? had to put her put the snake on her body if right. she didn't want to. I feel like she was probably more comfortable with that than I shoving think her foot, foot in, in his mouth. Yeah. mouth. Yeah. yeah. We may have stumbled on something more darker than, and as we were, ugh. this is what I don't like. That's why I don't like. And yet she carries herself with such grace and poise, and yeah, stature, dignity, dignity. Yeah, goddamn legend, celebrity. It's goddamn legend for real. Um, and here's what, and, and, and yeah, it's amazing. But um, but that but the end of her dance mm-hmm. is the switch, right? Right. Yep. Uh, where they all start freaking out because Tarantino's hand is bleeding. But his hand is an open wound. It should have been bleeding the whole time. Mm. I don't care how tight well, their tape I, I is. I thought it was more the three, like Cheech and, and Danny Trejo and the other guy. And the other guy, yeah. Roll up to him, right? And when they turn around and they kill them, mm. that, I think, is what sets her off. Yeah. And, like, the blood uh, on the knife. Yeah. Like, Juliet Lewis, uh, Kate notices it's weird. Yeah. And it's then like a they... green blade. Yeah. Yeah. And I, at first I thought maybe it was poisoned, but then you realize that not vampire blood, I guess, is I, green? I guess. It is, they, never, they never really, like, picked up any threads of, like, you know, in 780 BC, yeah. we took over this... No, it's like... This is also not, vampire. like, a Transylvania-type shit at all. Yeah, this is, like, more aztec vampires. Yeah. And whatever. And I felt like a fool, because I was just like... Because I, I, from when I watched this movie as a kid, I definitely didn't pick up on that. No. But, so, but uh, when I'm watching it now with you... So you're like, oh wow! I love the kind of uh, Aztec aesthetic. The aesthetic, <laughs> yeah, I love that. That, that you know that. Um, they really went into American, it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, and little did I know, <laughs> but um, their interior decorator really captured the vibe. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> uh, yeah. So then she like becomes a vampire. Mm. She and the people start getting bit. Everyone's fighting. Body parts getting thrown. Through. People flying through the air. Yeah. You know, it, and it's it becomes it, an all out. It becomes like slugfest. Like, uh, chaotic. It's like, mm-hmm. at no point, like, you don't have your feet on the ground at any time. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, whoa, whoa, whoa. Like, things are just moving past you. And, and I think... Four girls through... Yeah, four, he, four legs of a he, table. He fucking Death Valley Drive yeah. four chicks. Yeah. <laughs> the, 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 
this definitely was I th- yeah like I think they sold the movie to uh Frank Williamson and hmm. Tom well I think Tom Savini knew from the he beginning was again, yeah. yeah they're like all right whatever but I don't think Savini ever knew anything about the beginning half. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? Like, uh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, she was completely different characters. Yep. Yeah. Oh, supporting characters. Yeah. But yeah, I think oh man, it's it's a fun movie. Do you think the second half detracts from the first? Like meaning like if the movie like as far as giving it a grade, right? right? If the first movie just followed through and it was like a legit good action crime like thriller. Would that movie have gotten a better grade than this? Because it's not like they, you know, All right. did this accidentally. Uh, this I, was the intention. This was the intention. So here's how I see it. With the first movie, it definitely has to end with Tarantino, Clooney, and Harvey Keitel dying. They all have to, those three have to die. Right. So you would have... foreshadowed as much. It's pretty much, right? Where Keitel probably would have sacrificed himself for the kids. Or, like, Richie would have touched... They, like, something would have happened yeah, where yeah. they would have been kind of a standoff. Right. Um, or even if you want to have bad guys win and have uh, Seth walk away, mm. he has to take such, like, a loss that it's, like, even though he's walking away, he's not walking too long. Mm. Like, you know, get shot in the neck and then walk down the road. Right. That movie, I think, would have been fine for the time but would not have survived mm. like it would be like oh yeah that was a cool movie but then he did batman and robin yeah and that kind of sucks but i think with the change of tone and change everything it was like whoa okay this movie is wild this movie's like it's worth a breakdown it's worth because like you could say like as you know Watching it as a, a young kid, maybe pre-pubescent or, or pubescent, be like, okay, fucking yes, I'm a hikes there. Yeah. But also then you're like, oh, but then if I watch it again, it's like, you could see how many old cars are around. You right. could see that the, uh, the titty twister is actually just like kind of a, a, a front. front. Yeah. You could, you could kind of spot certain things. You could pick up that the bands, you know, they blow themselves up and like, yeah. but they have like a prop themselves and you could kind of pick up on all like the small intricacies and then. The fun of Robert Rodriguez. I think it would have... If the that first movie... Like I said, the first movie would have been just like... Oh, okay. That movie's on TNT tonight? I guess I can watch it. Mm. But it's like, oh, this movie... like They're going to do a drive-in of the, from Dust Till Dawn. Do you go to it? Kind of, yeah. I would go to it. I'd go to it. Be a little careful, but I'd go to it. Yeah, I think without the second half, I think the first half would go as one of... Tarantino's lesser films. Right. But Tarantino could have never done what Robert Rodriguez did in the second half. Exactly, yeah. But at the same time, what he did in the second half was uh, was the sex machine. Yeah, and I think if that was a full movie of the second half, like if it was just like, oh, yeah. vampires, it would have been... I wouldn't want to watch it. It would have been so schlocky that it would have just been like, kind of... That's just. It would have been a movie you tried to show me. Yeah, it would have been a sci-fi movie. Yeah. Well, instead of like, oh, this is a TNT drama movie. <laughs> yeah. Because <it's> <laughs> I know, I know people were, were like upset when they came to watch it. They saw the second half and then oh, yeah. they realized it wasn't. They realized what it was. That's your dad. You said. No, no. I'm just like oh, reading who? online by oh, yeah. people that like saw the movie already. Well, it's before from, it came out. Yeah, I think the thing is like you're either expecting a vampire movie right off the bat. Yeah. Or you're not expecting a Tarantino movie 
middle. But are you saying it's the shock value of the twist that is what makes? I think it's the subtle, the, it? the suddenness of the twist, where mm. it's just like, oh, 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 we're doing this now. Mm. It was no like kind of easing into it, where like. It's tough because, like, I can't really remember a lot of movies that had, like, hairpin twists. Mm -hmm. Where it's just like, oh, my God, like, this is what the movie's all about now? Yeah. Where, oh, that movie where, like, Robert Pattinson is in 9-11 or something. Where it's like, oh, my God, it's a movie about 9-11? We didn't expect this the whole time. (laughs) But it's kind of, like, peppered through where they'll ease you into it. Like, and we've, we've said it, like, a thousand times already. Like, this movie does not ease anybody. This is, like getting slapped in the face by concrete just yeah. like oh my god like i didn't realize we were doing zero this. foreshadowing right yeah yeah and you know some people the more traditionalists would probably be like well i need that foreshadowing i need something i need something to go back on you know edgar wright stuff where it's like they just explain the whole plot in the first five minutes right because we're very edgar wright we're big edgar wright fans and i this mean is like an anti-edgar wright movie he did didn't he win the director's tournament this year did he end up winning? I think he, someone made it. Yeah, probably. I, probably, I forgot. Yeah. Go back and listen. I'm not going back. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think, yeah, I think because uh, it really is the anti-Edgar Wright movie. Yeah. There is no foreshadowing. You know, a lot of these role, a lot of these character arcs are not fulfilled. No. You know, some, some are. Yeah. I think Seth is the main, like, he is the main arc. Oh, interesting. I was thinking of Harvey's. Oh, oh him too, yeah. Yeah, him finding his faith and using that to kill a bunch of vampires. I think Seth is finally being free of yeah. the burden of Richie. Of Richie, yeah. Yeah, that's, for sure. that's his arc. It's, I mean, it's funny that we both got the two different things, so. Right, so there yeah. are at least two arcs that were There's two arcs, yeah. Yeah. Um, One more arc, and we got ourselves a triple arc. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right now we have enough for McDonald's. We have enough for, yeah, the gold. Yeah. <laughs> I just, like, lost the thought, like, yeah. midway through. No, it's, I mean... That's kind of what this movie did. You know what's going to be funny when the people realize that this has been a, a review of Harry Potter. Yeah. The whole time. Oh, man. We should have done that. Oh. We should have switched it halfway instead of halfway talking about a yeah. different movie. Uh, I mean, we do that on most of our <laughs> reviews anyway. <laughs> like, when haven't we done that? Yeah, that's true. This is the most focused we've been. <laughs> yeah, exactly. The most, like, in-depth of a movie that has a titty twister bar. <laughs> yeah. And it, that's the thing. It's like, yes, it was intentional, but does that make it good? Yes. Oh. Okay. I think so. I like. I still like this movie. No, I like it. I yeah. like it. But I'm saying, like, I think the thing is, if it went so, because there is a, like a le- there is like, there is a limit. There's a straight limit of just like how much like stuff you could take before you could just be like, not like tapping out, but, but like rolling your eyes. And you saying a guitar made out of a human body came very that. came very close. Okay. But the fact that they weren't just like swinging it around and like, oh, I'm gonna hit George Clooney with it. The guy wasn't like screaming for help. And then, right. Yeah. I, yeah, he's like still alive. Yeah, you know? yeah. I think um, what's weird is that every time I watch this movie, including this time, mm-hmm. once the vampires come out, I'm not thinking about the first half anymore. No. Yeah. You know? I'm not thinking about like, but what about Carlos? How are they gonna get this? What's like, gonna happen to Doreen's family? Yeah, exactly. Like, I'm not concerned anymore. Yeah. Now in my mind, I'm with the characters. I'm just like. Well, you guys better kill some vampires if you want to get out of this. Do you think this movie works better as maybe like a slice of life movie? Where it's just like a normal day. Mm. And it's just like, this is just what happens this day. And not like, this is the culmination of a story. Um, so like, you just you kind of just jump. Like, it, it kind of is like you just jump in with these fully realized characters. Mm. Doing their thing. And you're just like, well, this weird shit just happened. Well, I think... 
I think part of what makes the second half uh, easier to, to buy into mm-hmm. is the fact that the first half does invest you in the characters okay. and does set them up to, to change over time. Okay. You know, where you do set, you take the time to show that, you know, Harvey Cattell doesn't have his faith. You know, Seth is trying to get this done, but Richie's, like, too... Too stupid to get it. Yeah, more, yeah it's too much of a terrible, like, monster. Yeah. You know, and, and then, you know, that concern for the kid's safety at the hands of Richie... You know, yeah. makes you uh, that kind of transfers over to when the threat becomes vampires. Yeah. So you have to sort of already care about them, you know, with a real threat in order to. Do you think it worked better that Tarantino got killed pretty quickly as a vampire instead of him running around doing like, show I, me your feet or I'll suck your blood? I think so, because in my mind, I'm wondering like how much would I have put up with his character? Right. His character is already a raping like monster, killer. yeah, monster, right? Like, how much if the if the enemies became vampires? How much would I would that have allowed me to forgive Tarantino? Right. You know, because at some point in the movie, I mean, it's not like I was like you know just waiting for him to die because I hated him so much. Mm. Maybe because that's the way Tarantino played him. Right. Maybe Seth did a good job of like humanizing him, but like you hate the guy, but you not 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 to the point where it's not like a like a Nazi zombie where it's like damn like fuck. Fuck Nazis. Double fuck this guy. But like, now he's a flesh-eating zombie? What about a dick? It's like, I, I'd be fine if he was just a zombie. Yeah. But now that he has a political affiliation? I think Get because he here. meant something to, to Seth. Yeah. I, I think, think that's, that's a thing. what yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Even though he's like an uh, just awful thing that I would never want near him. He's a blight on society. Yeah, he's a blight on society. Yeah. But because Seth still cares about him, you still kind of don't completely... Yeah, you But you're, I don't know if that would extend far enough to, for me to accept him as a protagonist. Okay. Yeah, like he couldn't. He couldn't be the center of it. Right. Like that, I wouldn't. I don't know if I would have liked him killing vampires. Too. Yeah, like the fact that when they said like, okay, well, uh, Seth only did murders and and bank robbery. All right, whatever. And then it's like, okay, sex offender, close up on the eyes. It's yeah. Like, oh, yeah, he's a bad guy. <laughs> but then they have that line where he, he like goes to the brother he's like oh you know if you want to lap dance with one of these girls let me know he was like yeah. oh look it's it's fun older like brother richie yeah he's you know, kooky he's, he's crazy yeah but and that's a whole that but that's the tonal a tone, shift that's a tone yeah. yeah that's the tonal shift there yeah. um because now there's no threat that they know of that they know of, right it's a crowd yeah like everyone's kind of jovial right. it's a crowded uh bar mm-hmm. uh, like they're, they're drinking easily, together they're, yeah they're, they're, they're on the opposite side of the table is kate yep you know like which I wonder if things like that are intentional. Probably. You know? It's like, oh, I think if he was across from Kate or next to Kate, we'd be too worried about what he's doing to Kate to, like, that buy been into the, the, I think, to the mood. Because it, it's true, but it's I don't true. know if that means it's intentional. Because also I think I brought it up to you is about, like, certain, like, when evil characters offer, like, regular things, mm. it's funnier than, like, when normal characters do it. Because mm. if you, like... Um, I'm I'm listening to one of the Dimension Twenty uh, side the side uh, campaigns where it's the Escape from Bloodkeep where it's just like the bad guys from Lord of the Rings mm-hmm. trying to you know beat the good guys. <laughs> so when they start talking normally, it's hysterical. It's yeah. like you know here's this the leader of the the guard of like the 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 Dark King. He's oh hello. It's like right. hey, did you that's the trash. Yeah. yeah it's yeah. like oh well I've got, I just stubbed my toe. Ouch. Right. right it's like right. that's funnier than just like 
oh, I'm Sam Wise. I'm, I'm just being a nice guy, making some bread. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah okay. So I think at that moment, it is funny because he's just like, yeah. But it also is kind of just like, he is a dirtbag too because that kid is very young. Yeah. It's, it's a, dirt, it's a dirtbag yeah. thing dirtbags yeah. do. Right. Yeah. And then Selma Hayek came out. And then all was forgiven. And all was forgiven. Yeah. Good and times. she ended up being a vampire. And then... But, you yeah. know what that brings us to? Is that... We have to rate it? We do have to rate it. Oh, boy. Uh, does this get a two-scale grade, or does this get only one? Hmm. Because it's two movies. It is two movies. Yeah. But I feel like that's... It's, like, sort of unfair to give it two different grades. No, I mean, like, the regular grade and an, and an interjoyment I know, grade, because yeah. the, the, with their, their split is so intentional... So you could either, you could easily give the first half a high like a higher grade like a high grade on one scale yeah the second half a high grade on the other scale right and that doesn't tell anyone anything you know <laughs> one side's an eight the other side's a five yeah one side's an eight the other side's two thumbs up damn yeah right. so, <laughs> okay yeah uh, but if you switch them yeah pretty bad but I won't tell you which side it is <laughs> right yeah <laughs> figure right. it out for yourself yeah um I feel like we should struggle to we should challenge ourselves to give it one grade one grade. Because in in that sense, it's like then you, then it really draws in it really draws into the question of like is this does this the campiness and the the bee and the schlockiness right does that all make it worse? Then if that's the case, I will say this movie is about a six and a half, getting very close to a seven. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. Um, there are some very there are a lot of moments that are just like. Mm. Okay, but also I love the tonal shift. I love the intensity that George Clooney does bring. Yeah, where he's just slamming people against the wall, telling them like this is what's up. Um, I think it gets a little weird. Like the, I mean, as much as I find Tom Savini hilarious in this movie, where he's just like fucking gymnasticing shit. Yeah, it's like, all right. He's like, how many times can you unfurl and then refurl that that whip, buddy? Yeah, yeah. Like, there's certain things that do that are distracting that aren't like the bullet things you could forgive because it's a it's a it's an action movie, whatever. But like, yeah, no, a six and a half. I think a six and a half is just fine because it's it's not perfect. It's far from it's far from perfect, but it's far from being a bad movie. Mm. Yeah. Do you think? Now, here's the follow-up. Do you think you would have given the movie, the first movie, like, running to its conclusion, do you think you would have given that movie a higher grade? I think I would have given it probably around a 7. Because yeah. that's, like, a kind of movie that I super enjoy, of, like, a tense thriller where, the like, you're basically, you're, you're watching a, an animal being trapped mm. and they have to, like, attack or react in a certain way. But, I, like I said, it, it would have been just, like, it's like a kind of like a Marvel movie, like how he said, like a Marvels are like a seven, yeah, because it's like whatever, like that's exactly but they're all seven, they're all seven, that's they're and, all the same, right? And that's the thing, like this would have been a very good Quentin Tarantino road movie, mm -hmm. but it's not like my favorite, yeah, yeah, I, I yeah, I see, I see what you're going for, what you're going, for. I, I would probably, I think I want to give this movie a seven, okay, yeah, same reasons though, the the one Clooney just killing it killing it he's never not dangerous you know? right whether the threat is his gun or his looks or his tattoo you know? or, his, like, or, the, or that tribal tattoo <laughs> you know um he he really puts the movie on his back his charisma really carries the the shift as well mm -hmm. really like 
you were kind of before the vampires start, you know, you, you him kind of becoming more lighthearted and stuff almost prepares you for it. Right. And, and that's like sort of the only thing you have yeah. to prepare you for what's about to come. You know, um, I think, yeah, yeah. I think the first half is, you know, it's gripping okay. and it is tense. And then the second half isn't, but I think where it does lose points for me is probably the second half. Okay. And that's not because it's worse than the first half, but then because as it's all, as a vampire killing movie, it right. still has its own flaws. Yeah. You know what I mean? No, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Like it's, it's a, it's a harder pill to swallow than the first half. Yeah, but even if you buy in 100%, like, okay, they're fighting vampires now, yeah. which I did. Right, I yeah. bought in 100%. I'm not, I'm not smart. You know, like, <laughs> I'm not going to be here like, well, this is, uh, this is... This uh, is erroneous. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. Harumph, harumph. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But even if, even when I, I'm 100% down, it's like, oh, they're vampires now? Cool, let's right. kill them. Even then, it's still not, it's still not great. No. There's still moments where, like, they're, where, like, they give, they, a character's just, they're in this bar... Hunt like dozens and dozens of vampires, and you still have a moment for like a character to struggle to take a shot. Yeah, like no, you're not gonna have that. So, so that on that level, or, or you it's, know, it's the, like the logic of real world coming in. It's like, yeah. would you really stop and like whistle at somebody right, when right. you're having trouble figuring out? If and they would hear you, you and right. respond. Yeah, you know, like shit like that. So, and that's the cheesiness. That's the that's the B stuff. But like. Yeah, that like uh, you could have, you could have, some of that stuff you could have not taken so far, and I would have still, yeah, I would have still enjoyed it as a fun vampire killer. Uh, all right, so I think overall this movie's around a seven because yeah. I mean I was teetering. To you were seven, teetering to seven. Right? Teetering to seven anyway. Yeah. Um, I think. Also, the speaking through the teeth, I'm getting tired of it. I don't That's know if true. it's my ears, but like we were constantly just the like volume. leaning forward. I yeah. was like thinking putting on subtitles. But yeah, me too. Like. I don't know. It's, there's not like, and I know that was a time where it's like a lot of just like, oh, what was that important piece of dialogue you just yeah. said? <laughs> but the one clear thing you said is how much that one guy who cooks your right, I'm like that's clear. That's what we heard. Yeah, you gotta you gotta think that might have been something intentionally put in the editing room. Um, just yeah. Tarantino doing ADR work. <laughs> just, yeah, like, exactly. Just add a play shit. Yeah, and, and that's the thing. I think the how indulgent it was to Quentin Tarantino yeah. is... Well, he just won the Oscar like a couple years before. Uh-huh. So, you know, they're probably like, oh, this dude's real. Yeah. Yeah. But like, it's I, very indulgent. It's very indulgent. Um, at the expense of Salma Hayek. <laughs> yeah. If you uh, guys want to see what, like, the Me Too movement was all about. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just take a look at that and be like, exactly. pretty much. It's just sort of, like, kind of hurts the argument when, because, you know, people call him on him throwing all these slurs in his movies and stuff. Right. He's like, oh, I, I, I don't, I, it's not me. That's the Personally, character. it's like, not me, yeah. It's like, you're, like, you're not supposed to like that that's happening, yada, right. yada, right? But then he's like, it's not me, it's not me. But, he's but then doing... his character is like, has a foot fetish and is like, gobbling up uh, Salma Hayek's toes, you know? Yep. No, yeah. Yeah. So like, that's an interesting line that you, that you decide to toe. Yeah. It's not me. All I did was write it and yeah. say the words. Right. <laughs> right. Like, it's, it's this escapist fantasy for you. Right. Like, to the point where, you know, literally your sexual, like, preferences are displayed, but everything else is just, you're completely removed from. Right, yeah. I'm, you're making it hard to believe. Well, that's our 2017 uh, director of the year. 
uh, Quentin Tarantino. Well, he didn't direct this. He didn't direct it. He so, just, so he's never he's never going to win any acting tournaments, I'll tell you that. No. Um, or the producing tournaments. Or, or produce, he'll produce it. Yeah, sometimes he produces some good shit. Um, he is a very um, weird guy. Right. But Robert Rodriguez isn't normal. Robert Rodriguez is a very eccentric man. Everybody says he's quote unquote supernatural. I think it was just bullshit for that. I know, but yeah. it's like everyone was saying it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think the thing is Robert Rodriguez is one of these guys who um he like he made movies for nothing. Mm-hmm. Like I think El Mariachi was made for five thousand dollars. Yeah. And it's like it's him doing all of the work. He's one of these guys who does everything, like camera work, editing, editing. music. Yeah. Everything you could think of, he does it, and it's just like it, people like went, and I and I hate that we're going so long on this one, but but like people were going nuts about like, oh, Zack Snyder is going to be the cinematographer of this and that. It's like, yeah, Robert Rodriguez has been doing that for years for much less, but like uh, and one, doing uh, better point, though. Yeah, I was gonna say though, at what point does that hurt his movie then? I don't like honestly. I like a lot of Robert Rodriguez's stuff. It's it's a it's gonna be a very biased question for me. I, I'll tell you that right now. Okay. Well, no, but it's not like a factual question. I'm asking your opinion. So I absolutely love Desperado. Yeah. I, I loved uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico. Yeah, I thought it was I like pretty fun. Yeah. Um, I, like I the guitar guy. when I finally got to see El Mariachi, they put like a double pack when uh, Once Upon a Time in Mexico was coming out. Mm-hmm. Circuit City released a double uh, <laughs> that's how old i am damn circuit city released a double pack of el mariachi and i didn't Desperado. even know that okay that yeah. I, I i thought that circuit city predated once upon a time in mexico it did it did okay but yeah so they released... like, i thought it was closed before once no upon a time no no it was on death's door probably yeah <laughs> no i think it closed in like 2010 or something like oh that. okay yeah but yeah they released a double pack i was like i'm gonna buy this mm-hmm. also that's where i got like shawn of the dead too like they had a lot of like the, the Circuit City and Valley Stream, which is now with Michael's, yeah. used to have some fucking hits. Yeah. Like, you go in there and you could find, like, some independent shit, which was great. Uh, so I finally got to watch El Mariachi. Uh, loved it. I love, and then when I, you got to see what he's about, see how he does things, see how he, like, there's one thing where, I think it was in El Mariachi, but then he reused it in Desperado, where they're running around a bar, and the way that he did it, it's like, oh, most people would set up a track around the bar, and you follow it, it's like, no, I just sat on a bar and kind of pulled me across, like, on a skateboard. Yeah. I was like, this guy is fuck. And at that time, I was in college trying to do film stuff. I was like, this is, I mean, this is kind of like, like, yeah. oh, my God. Like, here's a guy. When they keep on saying the only thing, like, the, the teachers would be like, the only thing that gets in your way of making a movie is you. And it's like, and money. Right. And something I don't have a lot of. Right. But then you, then you watch, like, this and you see him talk. It's like, yeah, you know, I had nothing. All I had was just a camera. And a couple of friends, and we just made this stuff, and it's like, wow, okay, so that's the actual thing. Yeah, show like me it actually that. Can happen. So that like that hit, and that stayed with me for a long time. And now when I watch it again, it's just like, this boy's just playing with his toys out there. Yeah, doing he, it for yeah, the real ones. For sure, for sure, <laughs> you can definitely see that. Yeah, he's still just like a kid with a camera. Yeah, who really loves making movies. I love like he's he's daring enough to try a weird shot like. Zoom in on Cheech Marin's crotch as he's yeah. like talking up, and he yeah, looks down. Yeah. And it's like, okay, well, did you have to do that? Like, how much time did he spend on his back shooting this? Right, movie? like he's got to be just like. But on the other hand, that one shot that I and was when Clooney's pulling off and it does the pan around, mm-hmm. that was a great shot. It was very good. Like, where did that come a from? A lot of cool shit. Yeah, uh, I just think that there's 
when you when you do that and you sort of dedicate yourself to that kind of guerrilla filmmaking, mm. you kind of create a, your own ceiling. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's why he's been so accepting of new innovations like CGI and 3D. Like you look at his early work compared to like what he's put out lately, it's like it's it is green screen. Like Sin City is great, very heavy green screen and color coded and the Shark Boy shit and all that stuff. But it's like okay, but he's testing this new stuff out, so he's putting himself out there to do like to do it like. If he came out and was like, all right, fucking Once Upon a Time Mexico 4. Like, let's just go for it. Let's just yeah. throw it out there. And he went back to that normal, like, guerrilla style. I don't know if he it would be the same movie. Yeah. Well, he did. He did the fucking Machete. The Machete movies. Machete 1 and Machete Kills. Machete Kills, yeah. And Machete Kills was... I fell asleep in the middle of it. Right. It was yeah. very dull. Right. I'm sorry. <laughs> it hurt. It hurt too when I saw it. And I was just like, because yeah. I wanted to like it, but yeah. it got very like, it hit that limit of too much, too right. much. Like the the only sound you hear in the audience was their eyes rolling. Like, <laughs> <laughs> all right, we went very far. Yeah, let's call it, guys. That's the shoot. Bang, bang. Thank you so much for listening. Get us up on Twitter at Movie Mayhem Podcast. On it's at Movie Mayhem Pod. There you go on Movie Mayhem. <laughs> <laughs> on Instagram at Movie Mayhem Podcast. Movie Mayhem Podcast at gmail.com. And if you want to buy a thing, uh, go to tpublic.com backslash moviemayhem.cast. We will be back again for more segue to spooky season. Yeah. Uh, oh, eventually we'll get to spooky Was season. this movie spooky? Uh, Sure. Okay. Yeah.